Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. It's been a minute since we actually dropped an episode. Y'all already know who I am, Mel Valentin, also known as Mel Not One of Them. Because again, I'm obviously not one of them. Go ahead, Ty. And it's your girl, Ty Bennett, in the building. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest with us today. Go ahead, guys. Introduce yourself. My name is Zane. I am a creative director of I Am Zane magazine. Nice. Okay, Thank wait you a minute. You us. not just, no. You got a <laughs> lot of stuff it. under I your belt. Okay. <laughs> You're a filmmaker, creative director. <laughs> we have a big one today. Come on, period. You got Let's master classes. Come master on, talk classes, about photography. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's tough when you talk about yourself, you know, without listing a whole bunch of things that you've done. <laughs> so I usually just say creative director, just kind of just put it in like a ball and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I do a lot of film. Uh, I do like to do like documentaries and do like a lot of uh, feature films. So me being creative just helps. I like movies mm-hmm. in, in total. So filmmaking is like my main thing. Nice. And I actually met him while we did that shoot together with Libalula. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's and Libalula. And I was featured in his magazine, I Am Zane magazine. So nice. that was yeah. an honor. Thank I like you. that you, you, you introduced yourself that way. Like, obviously, you have a lot under your belt. But you kind of leave room for people to kind of get to know that rather than just throwing it all out there at once. So right. I like that. Now, yeah. now going into it, like, obviously, you have a passion for what you do. Tell us a little bit more about it. Like, what made you go into it? Like, where did that passion derive from? Let's get into it. All right. So, so initially how I got into it, I used to photograph my friend Lenny and he would, you know, he was a model. So he would go in the city and whatnot. So then I would take so many pictures of him on Instagram. This is around maybe 2013. So it wasn't like as big as it was today. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our friends and family were like, yo man, it's like, yo, why don't you all like, you know, do like more shoots and submit it to magazines. And then my boy is like, why don't you start a magazine since you're a graphic designer? <laughs> yeah, and that's I how I that. started. And I was like, I don't know about that because I was thinking my competition was Vogue, uh, you know, W Magazine, like all the big magazines. And then I said, you know, what? I said, whatever, um, let me just I'll just do something real quick. So I did that, put them on the cover, put a couple people that I worked with. And then I did month one. And then, you know, it was crickets. And then I did it again. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And then I just kept on dropping every month. And I was like, oh, he's actually for real, for real. Consistent. Mm-hmm. Just being consistent with it. And then I, I was getting a lot of music artists hit me up. I got a lot of people. Just everybody just wanted to be on the cover. So that was like I was learning the entertainment as I was like starting photography at the same time. I Let like me ask that. you something. So did you feel a bit... um? Nervous when you didn't get no buzz in the beginning? Did you get discouraged? I got super discouraged on month three and I was about to just be done with it. And then mm-hmm. someone hit me up and they said, hey, man, I was like, I can't wait for the next issue. And then it only took that one person to be like, you know, uh, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah the next issue is going to be dope. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Um, And then that's when I just started driving up and I, I came to a point where I, I got too far to quit. I like that. How do you deal with criticism? That, you know, when I started the magazine, there was no one else that had started anything. So the only critique that I would take in was just like photography. Like when I started, some of my pictures were just too dark. And that's just how like my style. Um, So I I just kind of fixed certain things in terms of like the technicality aspect, Uh, the creativity point. I was like I would switch up because I was just shooting one direction. So. Like I like I was really learning composition more so, mm. but I, my graphic designing was also helping majorly with the photography. Right. So that was actually the one that like in terms of like the edits and the creativity, I would just throw that and sprinkle it heavy mm-hmm. on something that like maybe the steak wasn't the best, but the yeah, season yeah. it made. <laughs> so that was the graphic analogy. design. <laughs> hey, you gotta start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. I think like me and Ty as we you know, jump started into this um, industry and having this whole podcast. I'm not going to lie. I think it comes a time where we kind of, at least for me, I don't know about Ty, but I'm not even going to speak on Ty. I think Ty does a good job in like speaking that optimism into it and the positivity because not for nothing, it gets hard sometimes being in this industry and kind of 
competing because obviously there is competition out there. People kind of like plenty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they're they're into this versus being into this. And I think that consistency is key. Now, for you, you obviously have a lot under your belt again. And I think for me, it's like you have the the experience, right? Because you obviously have a background in graphic designing and things like that. Like you know what you can do in terms of stuff like that, right? Right. From a societal standpoint, how do you beat those like odds of of not allowing those outside voices to kind of get in the way? Now that that was tough, but like growing up, when I used to draw, um, there was always this one kid that drew better than me. But then I focus on what I was doing. So, uh, so my how I was going about it was I'm trying to outbeat myself right. and try to just mm-hmm. out better. Like, all right, you did this type of shoot. So the next time we release the magazine, it got to be better. You got to do this. Right. Because if I was to focus on everyone else, like someone was telling me, you're only going to limit yourself to their best ability. Mm. So then after that, it just kind of, you know, it kind of reinforced the me thinking about just keep on pushing forward, but always being better than your yesterday. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know what I don't like though? I don't like when people like I'm, I can take criticism, especially when it's coming from somebody who knows, but if it's somebody who's not doing nothing and you got the nerve to criticize me, I'm like, who are you talking to? You you don't got nothing under your belt to try to tell me what I'm doing. You know what right. I've learned when it's from that kind of like standpoint is that people see you doing what they wish they would have or what they you get what I'm saying? And it's like because you're doing what they wish they're able to do, of course, they're going to be um, more on it, like more, yeah. more like they'll criticize more heavy like. Oh, I, I hear it all the time. And it's like, baby, you're not doing what I'm doing. You get <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying? Like, right. No, no, no cocky shit. But just for, like, I'm kind of doing what I need to do. Like, what are you doing? That's why I don't allow those types of individuals to kind of, you know, like, uh, what's the word? Kind of like getting influence. The, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Like, right. I'm not going to allow those types of like voices to kind of get in the way. Like, Damn. Now, if it's coming from someone who has years in the game, someone big in the industry, those are the type of people that I want to gravitate towards and kind of take that feedback yes. from. Right. Not people that's not doing nothing. Get into Period. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it, it, you'll you'll face certain people in the career where they're like, oh, yeah, you could do this. But even if they're at a high standpoint, it, it's just how you deliver it is the very important way. Absolutely. You know, it's like you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, you should have done like this and blah, blah, in a condescending way. How can you grow from something as malice mm-hmm. as like certain things that is how it's said, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but you can learn from everything, even if it's bad. So if everybody's saying like, oh, man, like uh, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark, everybody, well, maybe you need to yeah, yeah, lift yeah. up See the exposure. Perspective. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. See, me, I work for corporate America, right? And... I'm heavy on mentorship, like, you know, teach me. I, I, I like to think of myself as a sponge. Like, I like to absorb a lot of information. I have a background in architecture. Also, I have a background in graphic designing. And it's like, I don't know everything. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm into, like, learning from those who, again, have years of experience in the game or whatever the case may be. But when it comes from, for example, I've been dealing with a very condescending individual, And it's like this person, I see that this person has the ability to be a great mentor. But it's like, and that, when it comes to that, um, I guess, aspect, my biggest, like, my biggest issue right now has been how can I tell this individual, like, what you're doing or uh, your approach on certain things? Like, it's not really effective. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, this person micromanages. And it's like, in order to be a leader and lead, it's like you have to kind of like sometimes, yeah, you are um, the captain of the ship, but you also have to rely on your team to kind of like give direction as well. What you know isn't always like the right thing. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to be open minded to take criticism being a leader. You get right. what I'm saying? So have you ever dealt with that? Where like I was in a situation where I needed to be subordinate, or was I in like a lead? Both, both. both. Um, in situations uh, where I was in uh, like someone I was subordinate, mm-hmm. um, I would just listen to what they had to say, 
mm-hmm. um, depending on how they said. Because I, you know, years you know, I've dealt with bullying and whatnot, yeah. all of that. So it's just like I receive it a little differently. So it's just once you get to the point where it's like it comes off as a demand. That's when it's, everything just stops. Yeah. And then we have to have a conversation. But because, you're on, I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, it's just like you You just have to speak to people like a human being. The moment I feel like that's like challenged and then they, they don't see me as that. It's like it's going beyond um, uh, like a personal note. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just like I'm tearing away you as a person. Mm-hmm. Like you do that. You know, that's what you do. Now we have to have a conversation. And I think yeah. that they think that's like that what makes them a strong leader. Like that's not the case. Like right. at some point it becomes a like you have a Napoleon complex, a mm-hmm. power struggle. Right. People you know change with power just like money. Yeah. And you just you preach, know, right? <laughs> you just gotta pay attention to how they, they have like if they in power and then that's what they do, then you gotta really think like, all right, I have to approach the situation a little differently because it's getting to their head and their ego is really inflated. So you have two options. You either stroke their ego or you you can have a conversation mm-hmm. with them. Just ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? That's they hate asking like, you're supposed to know what you need to do. I understand what you're <laughs> yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know so I could better support your Absolutely. vision. Then you're like, uh, now you <laughs> kind of put the ball in their court yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they have to rethink. That's how you kind of like tackle that. <laughs> I'm not a stroking the ego type of guy. I do not do that. Yeah, no, not even a relationship. No, like, seriously. It's kind of like you're you giving yourself. Yeah. You lose the battle when you do that. No, yeah. for real. I mean, it might stop the fight at that moment, but it's going to be terrible like in the long run, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's for me, very, like, like passive. When I, when I, I think naturally I have this leader mindset, you know, and my biggest thing is Obviously leading by example, but also leaving an imprint. You know what I'm saying? A positive one. Um, I come from the struggle. Like that, that's the biggest thing of of doing this is that we have a platform to talk about it. Right. And so when you have a different intent on like what it is that you're doing, what message are you leaving? You know what I'm saying? Like obviously we all have a legacy. And my biggest thing is like leaving that legacy for people that are coming after me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? As a gay man, as a Latino, it's like I have a lot on my shoulders mm-hmm. right now and I don't ever want to allow what society has done to kind of shape my mindset. And that's the biggest thing. It's like society, man, I tell you, the industry, entertainment industry, everybody is all about a buck. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't see things from like a... a like a, a money standpoint, you know what I'm saying? I I, I want to be able to. You look at the end goal. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just having something to be able to like allow people to come on and talk about it. That's 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 the biggest thing for me. So and it, I mean, that's your that's your voice, that's your mission, and just stick with it because I was gonna bring up my man Prince. You're a black man dressing like you belong yeah, in a bed. Yeah. Like, you know, but he stood out. Yeah. <laughs> and his music was great. He let his work talk for it. Like, That's you can say what you want That's about me, fact. but I'm a, I'm a legend. <laughs> Produced, wrote right? all his music. Right? You know, like, at this point, if you were to listen, like, what are you going to, what, 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 in what way, how can I put it? If you listen to how people want you to be, what do you think that would look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. <laughs> what would it look like? They so there would be no answer. It would be no answer. That people would be too busy arguing and nothing would get done. I That's agree. a fact. And you constantly changing because changing. everybody keeps telling you this about yourself. You're like, okay, so let me change this. Let me change this. And like now, who the hell are you? Yeah. Nothing. Because it's gonna keep on changing. There's no definite, but you define who you are and you stick with it. That's like been my biggest challenge right now. I was telling Ty earlier, like we were getting into it about me kind of I've been noticing um, this pattern of people pleasing. And I think that that came from my childhood and, you know, always kind of being like the last person that was chosen. Um, real shit. You see the movies where it's like, you know, oh, you you line up for dodgeball and they pick this person and this person. <laughs> I kid you not. You see that shit in movies? I was that kid that got picked last. Aww. No, real shit. And so that has kind of stuck with me into my adult life. Because it's like, I don't really see myself being, like, of an importance. You know what I'm saying? That it's like, because I was so used to being picked last. Right. It's like, I did everything in my power to kind of, like, please an individual. So that in the event of, like, 
regardless of 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 being chosen and and whatever, I want to make sure that this person sees me as like a first choice. But why mm-hmm. is it that we have to really bust our ass to kind of like set that that imprint? You get what I'm saying? Like why do I why do I have to jump hurdles and and mountains f- to be heard or seen? You know what I mean? You shouldn't have to. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think as an individual, it's like, at least for me, I don't live like that. I like I see everyone as an equal, literally. And 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 for me, like I said, it's because of like how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? That gets in the way of like certain goals that I have for myself because I'm not seeing it as like, oh, I'm going to please myself. Sometimes subconsciously it comes off as if I'm trying to please someone else. So I'll I'll give you a little story to to piggyback on that. When I started, um, most of the you know the models that I had, they were it was diverse, but it was there wasn't a lot of black models in there, right? Mm. But but the the thing was there was black models. It's just that it's like don't say there's none. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and I put the casting call for everybody. So what I've noticed is just like. You just have to keep doing it because you're going to get critiqued. Like, how are you going to encourage Nash Beauty? I don't see no black mm-hmm. woman in this magazine. Mm-hmm. If I were to just like, oh, yeah, let me go f- just outside the lane, just finding a lot of black models and just put them mm-hmm. in the mat. I was like, I can't hold everybody's hand while I legit yeah. craft the yep. entire yeah, yeah, magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. There's but so much I could do. I did the whole magazine by myself. I put out the cast and call. I did the photo shoots, mm-hmm. put the magazine together. Now I have to take an extra step to do this i was like i'm gonna keep doing it and then when i get to a point where i could get comfortable i could you know hey let's let's put some more but it's like every year i would have a lot of people it'll just be sprinkled out Mm -hmm. i live in jersey it's not there's not a good selection if i was in new york and i started i best believe it'd be balanced (laughs) yeah now what motivates you to do those things that you do especially by yourself so I realized that for me personally, I can't wait. I go to movies by myself, so I can't wait on people to be ready. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the magazine, I'm going to do what I can, um, the best of my ability and what I can do. And then, you know, if I can't do it, then I'll start asking for help because I can do it, but I don't want to always do it. But I can't have that to be like a, a reason that, oh, I can't do it because I don't have X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. There's okay. people that I know in film school where they won't start a film because they don't have X amount of people, but yet they're a filmmaker. They could take the film themselves, maybe pick one person to go with them to help out and then do the film. But they're so conditioned to have so many components mm-hmm. to complete a project that mm-hmm. could have been one to two people. Oh, man. You know, like y- y'all are here. <laughs> no, seriously. I think that's been a biggest thing for me. I, I like how you said it, being conditioned. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I see a vision, right? Or or a goal. And I see so many components to that vision or goal without realizing that because I see so many components, it could have been done with one to two components. Yep. Versus <laughs> all the components that I seen in my head. You know what I'm saying? Like that's challenging. Yeah, like, we've done things like we had like an an, an event. And it was kind of like, you know, we really didn't need this much Yo, stuff. Yo, We really didn't. Oh, my God. Like, damn, we could have saved us a good... Mad bride. I'm like, no, real shit. We really could have, like... I think you know what I'm talking about, Zane. And it, I know what you're talking I mean, about. It's still, it's still... Overall, the end goal was still... Yeah, it was, was beautiful. Great. It was a great Sometimes time. Sometimes you got to do it. It's the first time, you <laughs> no, know what I'm saying? No, real shit. Yeah, learn. You learn. Yeah. Because it's like you just want everything to just be right. You want to... You know, you just over... You just overthinking everything i think that's what where being ambition comes to play right i'm an ambitious individual i i take leaps before i even understand the the consequence or the impact that it may have you get what i'm saying like you jump over the ledge without realizing how deep or steep the fall is oh, you that's impulsive. the type of yeah that's the type well, of individual i am well now you know what kind of parachute you need <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, man. That's, that's it you just gotta learn because the first time uh, i'm a part of a podcast therapy without a degree and i love that yeah that he came up with it my boy joe and um i was like that's actually pretty smart and it, it's a nice ring that stays in people's yeah, head hell yeah. yeah and we did a, our first event and we had so many people come through but it was a podcast event and it was us 
And it was like th- it was three of us. So we didn't think a lot of people would show up, but we reached out to everybody. We had a stage and everything. Nice. I I used whatever lights that I had and whatnot to like make that. it. So it was an empty room and we made it. We had people like a rental service bring out the chairs. Mm-hmm. So even like over the years we did, that was our first event. So then that's what we kind of set as for other events. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you see how many people came through this event, you always wanted to make it packed. You know, so say if you only have like 15 chairs, then make sure 25 people show up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> that kind of changes your perspective on things like you kind of, how, how, how do you say that? Because if you, I like that. I like that. Like you set up 15 chairs and 25 people show up. You're kind of, playing tricks on your head. Yes. You, I love that. I, I love that. That is something that for me, I think would work in the long term because I get discouraged so easily. As quick as I'm, I, as quick as I get motivated, I get discouraged. Ask Ty, like this whole <laughs> event that we had planned recently, yeah. it was like, what else couldn't go wrong? You know what I'm saying? But I think what's important is the team that you have behind you right. and the support. You know what I'm saying? If all things, if all all things, whatever all else goes worse, whatever the saying is, <laughs> right. um, I'm okay knowing that I have a strong foundation behind me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me motivated. You know, you have your days where today, I'm not gonna lie, I woke up feeling like I'm at a 30%. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, the biggest thing, like once you you set motion into something, you have to be consistent. Now, I'm sure you've had your days where you might have not been consistent. How did you get past that? That's tough. If you have a this is all right. So with a support system, you're going to have people like, nah, man, you got to drop something or let's let's go here and get inspired and maybe we'll just jot down some ideas. And now if you don't have that, then you're, you're going to end up really thinking what do I need to do to be inspired? Maybe you just need to go in, outside of your work area, go to a park, maybe go into to a mall, maybe go to like a, if you go on like Eventbrite, there's like so many free events That's that you can go to. You know what I'm saying? Go to an event and then see how they throw their thing, um, like how they kind of conduct their mm-hmm. events. And mm-hmm. you know what? Now I have an idea what you want to do. And they get you inspired when, especially mm-hmm. when you're around people who are like fired up. Put yourself in, in next to them. Try to find people you know who are fired up and just stand next to them. Yeah. And I think the coolest thing is, too, when you see stuff like that, like on Eventbrite, you know, little events, and you're like, damn, that's really simple. Why didn't I think of that? You know, that's cool as hell. Like, you know. I get in the... Yo, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I think being a perfectionist always, always kind of, like, get in the way because I already, like, visually and mentally, I hold myself to a certain standard that it's like, I always come across as my biggest critique. You feel me? Like, again, going back to this um, event that me and Ty had, I held it to a certain standard that when it didn't reach that standard, don't get me wrong, I felt completely defeated, right? But when it was all said and done, me and Ty, we, we decompressed after the whole event. We talked about it. We talked about areas that we could have, you know, worked on that might have been more successful versus the initial approach that we took. And I love that. I love being able to take a step back, you know, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work. And the fact that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, not by myself. Like I have a counterpart with me that right. is the complete opposite. And I think that it works well. You know what I'm saying? So for me, after it was all said and done, I think, you know, although I am my biggest critique, I allow myself to be receptive into receiving that kind of feedback because I know that I can be successful and I know that I can um, bring to the table. I hear it all the time, you know, oh, you're, you're good at what you do. You're this, you're that. You know what I'm saying? But um, I kind of get in the way of myself, like all in all. And I think my biggest thing is like, how can I get out of that? So you being the type of individual that has like, um, labels under your belt, whatever the case may be, the experience. Have you ever felt like that? Where I just felt like... Uh, you were your biggest critique and you kind of got in the way of yourself. I would say yes, because when people ask me like about my work, like, oh man, your work is great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, there's always a pause. It's, yeah. never, it's never like, like you yeah. Don't, you don't feel like it's How did there you handle yet? that? Yeah, I just, it's tough because what I realized is I, I look at 
how I started and now compared to my work to now. And now it's like you really have gone far because I had to I have to visually see the scale of where I am now. Mm-hmm. Like I like when I, I work out. So I, I always take pictures of progress and it's not really for everyone else. It's really for me to track it and seeing what I was in day one versus seeing what I am now. I get to I have to sometimes some people need to visually see how far their pro, their progress they've been. Like, for example, y'all going to have like episode like 500. You you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like when we had episode three. <laughs> three oh, right? Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because like I feel like I feel the same way, too, because since I moved to New York, you know, I've done, I guess, a lot and I've been in magazines and everything. But, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you did so much. You know, your, your Instagram mm-hmm. is fire. And I'm just like, really? Yeah, it is. Because you're still looking like, oh, I got so much to do still. Yeah. So you still like you say you critique yourself. You're so hard on yourself because you want to be at this level. And, you know, you know, I kind of set a deadline for myself. And although that's a good thing in terms of discipline, um, something that a lot of individuals, including myself, lack full transparency. I like discipline. Um, when I set a deadline for myself, I'm like, OK, cool. But sometimes what I realize is that it takes away from me being present in the moment. And that's also something that I'm working on, being like present. That. Like, you know, sometimes we become over consumed and building a life that we just forget to live. Mm, you know what I'm saying? What saying? And and my biggest thing is like you may have a million things going for yourself, but what do you do to like live? You know what I'm saying? Like not really become over consumed in the shit that you got going on. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that it 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 fucks me up. It really does because it's like I love what I do. I love the fact that like I'm in an industry where we meet people and we connect and we you know, um, give our business cards, uh, uh, support one another, shit like that. But I kid you not, when I come home and, and I take off my shit, I'm like exhausted. I'm tired and I don't have energy for myself. Right. So it's like, how do you manage that? How do you um, juggle all those things while simultaneously living a life? Me, so when I, I had to actually slow down, um, probably starting 2019. Um, so I was pumping out issues every year. I mean, every uh, every month. It got to the point where I was just working, and I was just it, it went. It, most of the work just looked like I just showed up to a shoot and took pictures, and then just went home mm. and edited and put. It just became like a conditioned system, mm-hmm. and I wasn't having fun at all. Um, and the creativity kind of lacked because now it just looked like I'm just shooting like people wearing just regular clothes. Like I didn't even put no type of thought into any type of creativity. Didn't reach out to no makeup artists or look for a location. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm just shooting just to shoot. Yeah. So I had to slow down and I was about to kind of just end the magazine altogether. And then my uncle was like, hey, before you do that, why don't you try releasing it every other month to give you some time? That way you don't feel so pressured. Opposed yeah. to just kind of cold turkey and then do that first, then see how it is. So I did it and then I said it was that was better, but I needed to take a year off because I felt like my creativity was kind of blah. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to take some time off to yourself. Um, and if you want to come back, you can. If not, that's perfectly fine. You always change your career yeah. at any Very point true. in time. You don't if you feel like you're so stuck and this ain't for you, then you could stop. Yeah, you know, you said it was your uncle that gave you that feedback. Yeah, I love that you were receptive to that, you know, and I think that that's what me and Ty are doing now. Like we went two weeks without dropping something. And I think within those two weeks, we kind of allowed um, outside individuals to kind of give us feedback, tell us what it is that they're like expecting from us or what they want to hear from us and things like that instead of jumping into something every week you know like i'm all about consistency but i don't want to lose the creativity in the long run you get what i'm saying while being consistent sometimes it's okay to take a break you know what i'm saying and and by taking that break also be consistent in that break like okay you're going to take the break but make sure that it's for a good cause or a good reason. You get what I'm saying? Right. And also being disciplined. I know, like, for me, my energy has been low for a while. Uh, we got the podcast. I have fashion stuff I'm doing didn't work. So it's kind of like I just needed, you know, just to kind of 
get my energy back up. So I think like how you said, it's very important to take a break. Right. Because <laughs> it's not going nowhere. And, and then if it's really meant for you, you can jump right back into it. Right. It's, yeah. this, it's just sometimes people don't realize you can keep on going at it, but then you're mentally going to start detracting. And then if you're physically not there, you're not going to perform at your best. Right. So you have to schedule breaks. Me, I do zero work on Sundays, like none. Nice. And it's for me, super hard to not do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> you know? So what do you do um, the days that you're not working? I play video games, watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> like I, was, I do that before. Don't get me into video games. <laughs> I was literally thinking he was going to say something like I meditate. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Tea. Right. So I play video games. Like aside from all that, that stuff I like, I love video games. Yeah. So that's, that's good. Good relaxation. Yeah, just doing things. Let's, let's not forget like we're young, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. <laughs> I, I don't know why everything for me has been a marathon lately. And it's like, you don't realize, like, growing up, I've heard it slow and steady wins the race. I've heard that shit. Right. But to take a step back and to realize, like, you know, slow and steady really does win the race. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then it's like, when it's all said and done, it's like, here it is. And then what else do I have left to show? You know what I'm saying? Like. That's the biggest thing for me. I love that you mentioned that too, just taking a break because I don't take a break for shit. I literally don't. And then next thing you know, I'm like, Exhausted. Run around like a chicken with your head cut off. <laughs> Literally. Crazy. If you, it, you know, it's interesting. If you take a step, step back and you actually look at like what's going on in the battlefield, you're going to see like people's flaws, whether the people who are good and the people who aren't really doing a good job, you get to see all the trends that are happening. Right. Yeah. And then from stepping back, instead of being so intertwined with the trends, you could be like, well, I could see where this trend is going. So I'm actually going to prepare five years of content from taking mm. a year off. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you look at it like that from like a business perspective, you'd be like, OK, this is where things are heading. Like if you mm-hmm. saw like the whole AI uh, artwork yeah, yeah. and whatnot, then you could actually plan ahead for the following year. And be like, yo, you know, I'm doing an art gallery and it's going to be AI art and blah, blah. And that's so far into the future. You start throwing events, you start catering around what you know is going to be a trend mm-hmm. years from now, just mm. by taking a step back. So do you, don't you think like in this industry and then fashion industry, it's like in a way we are people pleasing? Yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> like that's that's part of the game. And I feel like that's part of the business yeah. is really you just have to you have to kind of separate your social life and your business life. So that way you could have fun and profit from your business life. Mm-hmm. Some people, they live in their business life and they feel miserable, mm-hmm. but you're not meant to always have fun and be happy in your business world. Mm-hmm. How do you separate that? Um, honestly, it so you so this is your family. I'd separate like this is your family, your fr- family and friends and whatnot. And what you do with them, not talking about work mm-hmm. related stuff, kind mm-hmm. of just talking about life certain topics that happen maybe movies that happen and then just that's what your social life is and then anything that's work related would be probably people that you network only with like maybe right. you're working with like um like a fashion designer maybe you're working with a makeup artist and y'all have working projects then that's like your business social relationship that you okay. can like have fun with but like usually it's like friends that joke around with you that that really just kind of shooting you know the can with you it's like that's something that you could do over there but that's how you'll know like, look at your best friend and then kind of know that like, yeah. any anyone that kind of fits around that is going to be your social life. Yeah. And then your business social life, that's going to be different. But people, they try to put the two together. And yeah. It work out. Just to piggyback off of that, I maybe subconsciously I've, I've done that. Like, I, I've been dating. Right. And it's like I always talk about work, even outside of work. <laughs> so you're guilty. Of yeah. That. Could you not? Could you not? <laughs> it's like I really don't know how to. I guess, put it on a pause. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm already thinking of like 10 years from now, some of the goals that I may have like planned. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to not talk about work, you know, and that gets in the way of my social life because it's like nobody wants to hear about work all the fucking time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you differentiate the two? Me personally. So I've been I've been dating and I just they're like, oh, what do you do for work? Ah, 
<laughs> like, nah, do not open that door. <laughs> I that's hear it, you. That, that's what ends up happening. So typically, I just kind of just just in the moment, um, just talk about like certain things and like things that are outside of work because that's the challenging part when you talk outside of work. Um, because it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, I do film and but now, oh you do yeah. film, what you do it, and then you just can't kind of dive into that, and then you just get trapped. But you know, it's okay to think about business. You could have business, like you could have like creative conversations, but maybe mm. not business conversations. Mm. That probably maybe could be like the divide. Like, say if you're like, I, I could bounce some ideas off of a best friend that you know he's like, oh, maybe you should implement this into your your work and whatnot. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then keep it creative. And then for the business, when you crunch your numbers, start hitting up mm. people, and then you could have like a maybe a find a business social best friend no yeah see i'm completely opposite from melvin like <laughs> yeah i, I'm love, hungry, I like... love to be like i love like having good conversations with people and being turned on by their intellect and all that sapiosexual yeah i couldn't think about it i didn't know the word but i love anybody like that i love to talk about stuff just random stuff laughing sexual jokes anything like all right, sir. <laughs> I know that's right. Period. I love a sense of humor. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I've been kind of working on like keeping my dating life away from like my business life. You know what I'm saying? Because it really does get in the way. And I've heard it a couple of times where it's like, oh, you haven't really given me a chance to get to know you. I only know you based off of the work that you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, I may tell this person, oh, I'm working or I'm doing this or I just hit up this individual because we're going to meet up and we're going to talk about this. It's always nonstop work. And I had to kind of take a step back and realize, like, in terms of dating, w what am I doing to nourish the relationship? How am I getting to, like, know this individual without allowing my work to get in the way or this person's individual's work to get in the way? You know what I'm saying? Like. I'm mad I said this person individual, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's a thing I forgot. I think it was like the four languages of love, the, love, the four love languages. Four love languages. Ooh. That like that those are important. So if you if you know like of the of whoever your partner is, if they have like physical touch and they they like words of affirmation or whatnot, mm -hmm. then that's something to focus on to kind of keep it keep it going like little stuff like that because you might give gifts and they like they don't really care for yeah. gifts and whatnot mm -hmm. so that yeah. means y'all not really communicating so you could be uh, like a, like uh, talk about business but if they're not a talker and they just want physical like just physical touching you or just spending quality time then knowing that it just puts you like two steps ahead and then you don't have to like like oh what do i have to think about well you don't have to really think about anything you just have to physically be there yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah i've heard of um loving a person in your love language like let's just say for example my love language is words of affirmation right so when you love a person in your love language it's like who wouldn't like to hear oh you're doing good or you look good or anything related to words of affirmation, anything that's going to like nourish you or, or make you like feel good as an individual who wouldn't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Cause you mentioned something like that. Right. Um, and I think that that works out. Um, listen, I'm all dating yeah, right now. Yeah, that's better than been... what you doing. No, <laughs> exactly. What you doing? Like what? Yeah. And, and also, hey. going on, also going back to like working because nowadays like dating, I think what keeps dating going is talking about what you got going on. You know, I hate hearing how is work. I fucking oh. hate hearing that. <laughs> That's a conditioned response. So Yo, I'm over it. All right, like, real quick. Does anybody find it, um, feel some type of way if their partner or someone to talk to doesn't ask them about work? Like ever? I don't feel no type of way. Honestly, no. I, no, I would love my day. Yeah, I would love it if no one asked me how it was working. <laughs> and if no. you know me, you know why. Don't ask me about work. <laughs> Real shit. Like, oh my god. But I'm why do you say that? No, because it seems like everybody keeps knocking on the same door. 
And it's yeah. like, you don't have to knock on that door anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe when people were growing up, they may have seen it or heard it from their pa- their family members mm. and whatnot. Like, why didn't you ask me how I was at work and whatnot? Ooh. That might have been an important thing that we grew up thinking that that was still present today. But in reality, we just want someone to just ask us, hey, what do you got going on What's for on today? What's on your mind? What's on you know your what mind? Saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, What's going on? Like, what do you have planned or what are you getting into? That's something new that we're getting into the wave. But I I don't know if people are transitioning out of how was work because we already know like work is that's never going to go anywhere unless you're unless you do something interesting at work. But even that person doesn't really want to continue. If they did eight hours, they want to continue for another two hours more unless they love it. But (laughs) I don't know, man. That's like a musician. They're like an R&B artist. And then the person they talk to is going to want to know what. Yeah. Hey, let's talk more about music. And it's like, I'm done. You know, I feel like if this is somebody who really likes you or you're dating or seeing like if, if I know you got stuff going on in your life, like as far as, you know, you got businesses you're doing and you talk about it. I got to respect that because this is something that you you really want to do for the rest of your life. If I want to be on that road with you. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to talk about it because right. I want to take you as my partner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I would just be along for the ride. <laughs> like, could you my man? We going to talk about that. it. Like, what? I don't know. You know what's crazy? Going into dating, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I was talking to you about this or or maybe I was talking to like my high school friends about it. But um, like, I've been so accustomed to having my own space, right? That if I allow someone in my space, I just need this person to kind of know how to adapt and know how to coexist. Like, I can't really change up something. I kid you not. Like, I have my laptop, my phone, and my camera right here, right? (laughs) If you're in my space, I do not need you to come in. I think that it's okay to switch this to. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, and my biggest thing has been, like, Okay, I want to be able to kind of let go and and allow this person to kind of take lead sometimes. And this has also been um, coming into play in my work life. Like I am naturally I take the lead naturally. So it's difficult for me to allow someone to come in and kind of like steer the boat a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to do that when it comes to dating. I don't know how to do that when it comes to my job. I don't know how to do that when it comes to a partnership having someone in a business and, and and just allowing them like me and Ty, we work so well because there are some areas of expertise that I might be more like advanced in areas of expertise that she may be more advanced in. And I'm not, it works so well, right? But we allow someone to come into our business. And then for some reason, this is the individual who literally likes to take control. And it's like, you need to kind of ease into that a little bit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to let someone immediately take control. Right. I'm naturally a person that takes control. So, you know, the reason why I'm mentioning that is because sometimes it's good to allow someone to take control. Are you someone that's like... For me, it? I'm more so on the project. Whatever project it is, we're here on the same team. So it's more so on the end result. Like I, I like feel like, like web design, it's, a, it's more about the user than it is for me. Okay. So, I, okay. So it's all about the data. So if I am not proficient in these things, then that's what I'm going to be focused on. So on a film project, I'm not going to, if I'm not the director, that's cool. I'm the cinematographer. Within that realm, that's the things I take care of, whether it's lighting or not. I don't need to be the director. When I'm the director, then that's when I'm going to stay within that role instead of being like, no, I'm going to be the director of cinematography. I'm only those extra roles because I have to. If I can give it away, so be it. Have you ever worked with somebody that may have tried to, I don't want to say someone that was under you. I don't want to say that because I like to live life knowing that no one is above me and no one is under me. You feel me? But have you worked with someone that may have come in and tried to, I guess, dictate? And if so, like, how did you navigate through that? So there there were situations where I was on a film project and the person that was aboard was trying to over direct me. And we had to just have a conversation that, 
for the sake of the artists, they need to only hear one voice directing. If they hear two people with contradicting notes taken mm. during like the film, it's not going to be helpful for anybody. So we need to only have one person since I'm the one that's starting the whole project and whatnot. Like, you know, I'll listen to your suggestions, but they're going to be hearing from me because that's the one voice that'll be listening to. That's right. Maybe for future projects, we can switch roles. But for today, they're listening to me. Okay. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I like, like how you said, though, you did say like, but most importantly that. Y'all are like, you are on the same, like you're on the same team, like, cause it's the end goal trying to get things done. You're not looking at it as like, you're over anybody. We're on the same team, but with a specific project, you know how yeah. to kind of right. be in charge. I like that. Yeah. It's it's tough when you have too many peas in the pot. That's what mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, too like, many hands in the pot. Too many hands in the pot. Oh, yeah. your role. No, or too role. many chefs in the kitchen. Too many chefs yeah, in the kitchen. I've heard that too. Too many, it's just like you get so overwhelmed and everybody's just like, where do, who am I listening to? This happens a lot on actual film projects because they'll say, yeah, don't do that. And then the other person like, no, do that. Let me, let me, let me um piggyback off of that. Have you ever felt like, for example, right? I've always told myself I work well under pressure. And it wasn't until I was put under pressure that I realized to an extent, like, eh, that's not so true. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever told yourself, like, you know, you're good at this or you're good at that? And then I guess for lack of better words, when shit hit the fan, it was kind of maybe you're not. And if and if so. What was it? Yeah, job like, how did you... Resume, job application. No, real shit. <laughs> because, no, like, for example, like I said, I literally believe, right? Do I work well under pressure? Going back to what you said, it depends on the project, right? Right. It depends on the situation that I work right. well under pressure, right? Um, And I'm not going to say recently. I was put in a situation where I realized I'm a human. I can do but so much things at once. You get what I'm saying? Now, when I'm taking on roles of, like, uh, that may require two people or three people. You get what I'm saying? I'm one individual. Right. That kind of pressure. Am I able to manage it? Hell yeah. Am I able to hold it on my back and make it look like I'm not sweating? Hell yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not like working. You get what I'm saying? So like, what was that for you? Like just handling certain pressure. I would yeah. have to say like me, I throw myself in situations, but like, I always like, like to like take notes in that. Like, it's very difficult for me to sleep the day, like the day before the shoot. Like I get so nervous I can't sleep because I'm actually too busy researching and, and looking up stuff. So I get like nervous. So oh, yeah. Most of my issue is weddings. That mm. see, when I you set up a shoot or a project, everything is actually how it needs to be if everything runs smoothly. Weddings do not run smoothly. Really? whatsoever they seem the easiest no it's not in your control you have to um (laughs) remind yourself like always always prepare yourself for the unexpected always and i know that that's easier said than done but it's like literally in any situation you have to be prepared for the inevitable right you know what i'm saying like i don't know that's just the type of person that i am like i always go with a plan z literally versus going in with the plan that I originally had, because if it, if it was to go left, how the fuck am I going to handle that situation? That's why you always have to go in like with a plan B through Z versus plan A, you know? I think you're only as prepared as you can be. And when shit does hit the fan, you got to remain calm, cool, and just try to solve that shit. That's, you know? that's it. That's all you can do. Like, that's why I mentioned weddings are sporadic because they have the, the probably the tightest schedule when it comes to any event, like the tightest. But shit always goes wrong <laughs> <laughs> every time. Now, and, it, and, and it's not and it's not the coordinator. Sometimes the, the husband's running late. Sometimes the wife is running late yeah, yeah, or it's yeah. like certain things. Maybe the makeup artist is a little slower than she needs to be. It's like a lot of human error in that one day. <laughs> so people get frustrated and then they just start losing it. And then you're just like, why is why is the bride running away? And then you oh, just God. so now you, you gotta chase them. Oh, how do God. you handle things? I get stressed with talking about it. How do you handle things that are out of your control? I have to breathe. <laughs> I have to really breathe. I have to really I have to breathe and I have to look at the situation on 
what can I do right now to make the day much better? Um, so say, for example, if we're shooting and the actor is f- feeling so stressed, he just walks out. We need him for the scene, yeah. you know? So I would have to obviously go talk to them, have a conversation. And then the in my head is I'm going to give him at least 20 minutes of cool time. And then when I go back, I'm going to talk to the crew and say, hey, everybody's going to take a 30 minute break. And then I'm going to go back to him and just check with him and make sure everything is okay. Let him have his moment. And then hopefully he comes back. That's the goal of mine. The goal is to have him return back. But as I listen, you take as much time as you need for X amount of time. But we need to finish the scene. And then this could be the last scene and we'll go on about it. Why not? That takes a lot of patience. It does. Because... At, like what am I gonna do? Like you need to finish this. And it's not gonna work like that. Yeah. yeah. Like if you don't feel like finishing, that's great. But a lot of people here, they took off. They have kids and whatnot. Just finish the scene. That's I love it. that. Yeah, it's really mind over matter. Right. That's it. You just gotta approach it differently. Because if I approach it with aggression and like maybe he's so easy off, to do that. Mm-hmm. It's he's so easy. walk away for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now in terms of like people pleasing and like consistency. And discipline. What are your like? I guess last thought on that. Like before we wrap it up. Like what are some of your thoughts on how to like overcome those types of things? Like uh, in terms of like just just yeah, like you can't control. Yeah, and also because um, I think a, a lot of like what we touched on today, I think it has to do with you know people pleasing. Right. That's one. Um, not allowing certain circumstances to kind of like dictate the way things go. You know what I'm saying? Um, Being disciplined in those areas. Like what are your last minute thoughts on those? I would have to say just if you feel like you're, what are the things that you can control, you know, and what are the things that you cannot control? And you have to visualize those things because most of the stuff that you can control is mostly your behavior and what you're going to do. So that means everything else you're not in control of. So how you respond is going to, it might change the situation. But like, for example, real short, if you're talking with somebody over the phone and you want to refund by yelling at them, you're not going to get the service any faster. Mm-hmm. They might they might not even help you out. They might refer you and then you'll go through That's the ring. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to them from a human to human perspective with some compassion, they might help you faster than they've helped the last person that they spoke with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just how you approach the situation. So it's just kind of just think about talking to talk to them how you would like to be talked to, but with more compassion. Yeah. That's I like that. I always told myself, like I the way that I live life, I literally treat others and we hear it all the time. Treat others the way you want to be treated. I live by that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know what it's like to live a certain lifestyle. Like I, there are some people that I've come across and I'm not saying this in a way like, you know, I have um, my life more figured out, more figured out than the next person. I'm saying it like, obviously there are people less fortunate than I am. And I'm saying that from a place of knowing that I do have a lot of um, things. For example, I have a roof under my head. I have a bed that I can lay on. Those are some things that, in my opinion, it's a luxury that people don't have. You know what I'm saying? So, I like to live life um, treating others the way you want to be treated and just doing good, like, period. Well, I feel as though pour into yourself so you won't feel like you have to overextend yourself. If you're in a relationship and you feel like you're staying in that relationship to please somebody or whatever because you want want them to leave, no, no, no. Pour into yourself. Give to yourself. If you had a job... And, you know, your boss is crazy. Da, da, da. Pour into yourself. Start looking for another job. But keep coming in smiling. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's fine. Give to yourself. Period. Well, Zane, we want to thank you for coming out and spending some time with us, talking our shit. Thank it's always a pleasure. Me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Always. As always, friends, we appreciate you guys for tuning in, for listening. And you guys can expect another episode to drop after this one. So, yeah, um, comment. Tune in to the next one. As you already know, my name is Mel Valentin, also known as Mel Not One of Them. And uh, send us uh, messages as well on Instagram so we can answer any questions. And your girl, Todd Bennon, is out. Period. Bye, friend.